to the Heart and Soul Wellness Podcast, where we inspire women by teaching applicable skills and tools and assisting them with connecting with one another, healing, and aspiring to their highest selves so they can reach their full potential. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, today, we're going to be talking about healing from betrayal trauma. And we're so honored to have Ashley Boyson with us today. I'm going to give you a little intro on her. She's amazing. She's a survivor. And we're really excited to hear about her story. Um, Ashley Boyson is the founder of A Reason to Stand, a nonprofit focused on healing and empowering survivors. Ashley is the author in the blog of the blog and the book series entitled The Moments We Stand. Ashley is married to Scott Boyson and a mother of seven kids. In her spare time, she likes to eat peanut butter M&Ms and spend time with her family, sometimes both at the same time, but usually in the quiet of her pantry all alone. Her dream job is to teach moms about baby sleep, and she has a passion for all things parenting and helping parents navigate their children's own healing journey after trauma and loss. Ashley loves to stand as an advocate for widows and victims and has learned to love sharing her own story and help others begin to find the tools to write the next chapter in theirs. Ashley is a sucker for Chick-fil-A, Nutella, and her hot hubby Scott. Her skills include quoting The Office and any other movie she has ever seen, changing a diaper in under 45 seconds flat, and holds her household record for Michael Jackson, We Just Dance Highest Score. That is impressive, <laughs> especially the Michael Jackson one. I'm like, I am impressed by that, being a Michael Jackson fan myself. <laughs> so um, Ashley, we would love to hear a little bit about your story. Um, a lot of the listeners that we have um, are um, betrayal trauma survivors, and they would love to hear about um, just a little bit about your story and um, how it's brought you to where you're at today. Okay. Um, well, my story of betrayal was, it was a unique way to find out that my husband had been having an affair. It was a series of months of just kind of, if you've, if you've gone through betrayal, betrayal trauma, you understand this, like thinking you're going crazy, um, Mm -hmm. months and months of that and searching high and low and garbage cans, trying to get into phones, trying to figure out like what the freak is happening because something's not right. 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 Um, and so it was kind of a lot of that. I just had my fifth baby when he was about, um, seven weeks. My, my husband had come home late one evening on a day when I was kind of like, you know what, we're going to figure this the crap out. Cause I'm kind of done just feeling like the crazy person all the time. And, um, I'm going to make this short. Okay. I'm really not good at making things short. Mm-hmm. Um, you're good. You yes. can take as much time as you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that night he ended up leaving. Um, you can read my full story other places, but he ended up leaving in a moment when I said, please just stay here. Like we need to fix this. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. And the door slammed and, you know, I felt like, okay, something's not been right, but tonight something is really not right. And I had that panic feeling right when the door slammed. 
and my baby started crying and I bounced him for a few hours, just like promising this baby, like everything's going to be okay. I brought you into this world. I'm going to take care of you. Um, Mm -hmm. and that night I got a knock at my door at about one o'clock in the morning. And I remember waking up like, okay, this is it. My husband is going to be in a hospital bed. He just crashed his brand new truck. Like I was picturing these scenarios where he wanted me and needed me. And as I walked to my door, like, I remember this vividly just walking to my door. Okay. He's going to want me. He's going to need me. He's going to see us. Cause for a while it's felt like he hasn't been able to see us. And I remember opening the door and it was like just three people with straight clothes on. And I'm like, okay. I was hoping for like a cop that says, I need you to come with me. He's in the hospital, whatever it was, whatever it could look like. It was going to be in my head. It was going to be the answer. And I was going to have all the answers. And, um, these three people instead got me to come and sit on the couch with them. And they told me of a whole lot of truth that I had been seeking. My husband had been having an affair, which was one of my greatest fears and something I think deep down, I really did know, but never had any tangible Mm -hmm. evidence or words or anything. Like I just felt like maybe that was what it was going on. Um, They told me that the paralegal that worked for our office, her husband had come and found them. She was the one he was having an affair with. And the husband came to this Walgreens, found them and had a gun in his hoodie pocket. And my husband was shot once in the forehead and once in the heart and he was gone. And I think like the hardest part about that moment, I mean, there's 4 billion hard parts about that moment, but the betrayal, like so many widows that I know they're like, Oh yeah, my husband died. It was just like this Mm. amazing moment that we knew we loved each other forever. And for me, it was like, who am I? What? Mm. I thought I was this. And I thought my life was this and it wasn't any of it. It's all crap. And the betrayal and the wave, the first wave that actually came over me that night was like this feeling of, I wasn't crazy. Like the, the wife mm-hmm. that just found out and her husband was cheating on her and she knew it all along. I was that for a minute, but then it was just so masked with all these other things of, okay, you're not, not crazy. But then I felt guilt for even thinking that because now he's dead. And there was just all right. these weird, it was just this jumbled divorce slash death slash murder slash. You don't even know if you're safe in your own skin moment that, right. Yeah. That was my experience so far with the, with the betrayal trouble. Yeah. Up to that point. Right. And, you know, I think so many of our listeners can, can empathize with the, the deep sorrow and pain that you experience when you have a partner who's betrayed you. And on top of that, you are dealing with the loss and a murder, right? Like all of those things together. I'm curious about how you were able to survive that how you were able to get through that, what things helped you to navigate your life again? Do you want to know what I did wrong or what I did right first? (laughs) You can share both in whatever order you want to. You know, I think the one thing I, I'm going to start with some things I did wrong because I really like to focus on what you can do right. Um, A lot of things that I did wrong were, I guess, avoiding the pain. I did a lot of, nope, we show it under the rug. We don't let them put pictures of my kids on the news anymore. We get mad. I'm angry at him. I'm angry at the other man. I'm just angry. And angry was like easy, super easy. Mm -hmm. But I didn't actually 
let myself feel the pain as often. As soon as the pain would come, it was like, nope, anger. I'm pissed. I hate everyone. I hate this life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is one thing that I feel like carried me a little bit through it, which like you can't really control sometimes, especially in those moments when it's just the fog all the time. Right. Um, but I wish I would have snapped myself out of the anger a little bit more by saying this actually hurts. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm showing up angry and I'm pissed off at everybody. And I want all this clothes out of my face because I don't even want to remember that he existed, but it mm-hmm. wasn't really cause I was mad. It was cause I was hurting. Right. And I felt broken and I felt alone and obviously betrayed. And so I wish I would have known that there was another option, like acknowledging the actual pain instead of trying to cover it up. Right. Um, that would have been really helpful. I think work through it faster instead of trying to, to, to run from it. Right. So acknowledging and honoring the feelings that were there and being really true and authentic with them and holding space for them. Yes. I, I think that, and that takes some learning, I think, right. It just doesn't seem like something we get right away. Right. For sure. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, one, you're dealing with the shock and then there's all the stages of grief that we go through. And I think that being able to hold space and honor for me, it's taken the skills of sitting with emotions and practicing. Right. I think for me, it was so hard to slow down because the whole town really was watching. Like I'd go into public and everybody seemed to know me and what was going on. And I felt like for the first time, like all I ever really wanted was to be a mom and a wife. And for the first time, like, I just felt like I was in a fishbowl. And so to acknowledge any feelings besides anger, I was like, what if someone's watching? Like, I'm just weak if I do this, you know? Yeah. So and that's another thing I did wrong, like worrying about what everybody else thought. Yeah. Going to the park with my tiny little children and feeling like if I don't get dressed up and somebody sees me, they're going to be like, Oh, no wonder why he cheated on her. Like it was just always Mm -hmm. in the back of my head. And that's really where confidence is. Confidence is knowing that other people have an opinion about you and not caring. Right. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how to do that. Like I worried so much. My anxiety wasn't just the fear of guns and things, Mm -hmm. bad things happening. And you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. It was the fear that everybody knew I wasn't enough. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to give them any more evidence on why they should think that or talk about that. Yeah. Do you feel like um, a big part of that is connected into the, what you were already dealing with prior to the events that led up to it, right? Like the thinking, oh, something's going on, that there was betrayal happening and that you, you kind of felt it before you actually knew it, you know? Totally. Yeah. 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 I, I used to be so angry too, that like, how come some girls get to look at their husband in the face and go, that's not fair. I get to choose now what the future Mm -hmm. looks like. And I always got stuck on the why of like, why did I get that moment that night? He could have told me everything. And then, yeah, maybe the ending wouldn't have changed, but at least I would have a choice to go get the crap Mm -hmm. out of our house or you know what? I'm going to love you through this and, and pray about what my life got to look like. But instead through people's choices, it felt in that moment, took away my choice to, to make those decisions. Right. Yeah. So as you reflect on the parts that you feel like you did, right. Tell me about that. What are the parts that you're like, okay, this is, 
how in the midst of all of this crap that I was able to find my strength and understand more about me and my purpose. Um, one thing that I feel like I did right from the very beginning, and I, I watched my parents go through a divorce and I think watching my mom do this really helped me. It wasn't the same situation, but, um, acknowledging that their dad had good in him, which was really hard to do. And sometimes I had to fake it, but knowing that someday they're going to go, wait, part mm-hmm. of me is him. So, um, knowing that they're one day going to go, I'm part, he's part of me. Like if he's a piece of crap, then I'm a piece of crap. Um, so I, I try to focus even when they came to me with, with things from other people, like this person said this, I would always try to tell them the truth because ultimately like lies are what got us here. If, if I always tell the truth and respond with truth, at least somewhere they can go, at least mom always told us the truth, you know? So that was my thing. I was like, I'm always going to tell them the truth, but I'm also going to share with them truth, but say, let me tell you this time when your dad did this amazing thing for this family. And even after he died, people came to me with these stories of times where he helped them. Like he Mm -hmm. had good in him and mistakes are what got him where he is. But I still Mm -hmm. want you to know that he obviously had good in him if he made you. And I think that's really helped my kids um, not ever go there. They've never been like, well, I must be a piece of crap if he was, you know, because it's easy as the hurt broken wife to just make, make your kids understand your pain and try to get them to be on your side or whatever. But ultimately it really doesn't get them anywhere except more confused. At least it felt like for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a gift because you know, it'd be really easy to go there. Right. Where it's like your anger just comes out. Right. And then, and then it's powerful that you were able to think about your kids and how it would impact them long-term. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So, um, one of the intentions for our podcast and the intentions I have at heart and soul wellness is to inspire women to reach their full potential, to heal, connect with one another and just become the women they're meant to be. So, um, you know, I'm often amazed by the strength that women have, right? Like the, not just their gifts and their abilities, but their ability to survive. And I love this idea of, um, surviving, right? This idea that I survived this and that I'm still here to stand. So tell me a little bit about um, some of the thoughts behind um, the moments we stand and then also like how you navigated that process of being a victim to being a survivor. Okay. Um, The moments we stand really just started. Those words came to me as I was writing what I thought was going to be like a hate blog. (laughs) When I felt this inspiration, like you need to write. I'm like, Oh, I could write. I could write for years. Okay. (laughs) And I, I first like started writing straight to the blog, all of this hate and fear and pain. And I was like, you know what, God, if you want me to write, here I go. And I got to the very end of what I thought was going to be pretty much it. And I, um, I went to press publish and my whole computer like shut down. And I was Mm. like, Oh wow. Okay. That's Mm. great. But I'm like, they blogs are supposed to automatically save as you're typing. 
So I got back on, signed in and sure enough, like everything was gone. And I just felt this wave of like, okay, you let that go. Now Mm -hmm. I need you to remember the strength, Mm -hmm. the light and the truth that were all in your story. And that's when I felt like, okay, this is not going to be what I thought it was going to be. This is going to be about a story about a girl who got back up. And that's when the moments we stand came to me and I named the blog, the moments we stand. And I started writing from a perspective of my story with the grace that I had actually seen, not just Mm. the hate and the pain. And, um, every time I went to write, it was like the spiritual journey of remembering. Luckily I'd kept some journals of things. And as I'd read them, like it would just come back to me like, Oh my gosh, like this, this day that felt so dark, really, there were these little glimmers of light throughout every single day, every single time I was in the courtroom, every single time I was driving, like everywhere I went, it wasn't just this broken girl who I thought I was Mm -hmm. needing to hide from and change and try to remember who I was before this all happened. It was a story of a girl who felt super broken, but really had strength the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's kind of how it started. I think a lot of times we, we think, okay, as soon as I can get back to this person that I used to be, then I'm going to be strong again, but that's really not how life ever works. We, we more go through these, these hurdles that either strengthen us or break us. And we really do get to choose because the story itself isn't what, what either breaks us or makes us. It's how we look back or how we stand up in that moment and, you know, remember our truth. It's not just, it's not just letting go of what other people think about us, which that is huge disconnecting. This was Mm -hmm. one of the biggest ones for me, disconnecting about what anybody thinks about me has been the most powerful tool for sure, but also connecting to who I really am despite the story, Mm -hmm. despite the struggle, despite all the things that I feared I was because of three people's choices, but just connecting to who I really am and who I really am was Mm -hmm. there all along, which is easy to remember because that's who you are, you know? So just remembering your truth, remembering your strength and realizing that even in your weakest days, it was still there. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm curious about, because I mean, as you know, betrayal affects us emotionally, physically, spiritually, just the whole realm, right, of our being. So as you were healing, what helped you to access that rediscovering those parts of yourself, right, rediscovering who you really are, and not necessarily going back to who you were before, but becoming this idea of becoming who you're meant to be? Oh, let's see, really, um, well, writing for sure did that for me, gave yeah. me that gift to kind of look back. Yeah. Um, realizing that I was not the only person hurting in the world was huge for me yeah. because when you're in that victimhood, when you're in that, that fog, and that's, that's the only word you can even use to describe the internal battle and the external things that just feel like your life is never going to be the same, that traumatic moment, whatever it is after that. And some people's fog lasts a long, long time and other people's is pretty quick. And they're like, I'm ready to just be me again. Um, for me, I felt like I battled the fog for a really long time. And I even tried like 
antidepressants. I tried anxiety medication. I tried all these different things. And until I really embraced my story and Mm. it wasn't just writing it, it was believing that I was still the same person, believing that I could forgive and believing that I could look at the past and say, you know what, this wasn't my fault. Cause I think as women, especially we take it on like, well, if I would have been, if I would have done this, if I would have done this, we want to fix stuff. And for me, that was hurting me trying to look back and like, mm-hmm. what could I have done different? Why did this happen to me? Why? And start going, okay, this happened to me. How am I still going to carry on? How am I still going to show up every day for my kids who some of them kind of look like him? How am I going to be okay with the fact that people walk up to me on the streets and say, what did you think about that murder trial last week? Like, how do I keep functioning as a human? If, if I keep holding on to this, why? Like I'm literally going crazy. But as soon as I started asking that different question, how do I show up? How do mm-hmm. I let myself heal? How the word, how versus why changes the entire mm-hmm. view of life? Because how gives you tools and answers and why just keeps you stuck in the fog stuck. Stuck in the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps you trapped for sure. Huh? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that um, comes up for a lot of us that are healing from betrayal is this idea of what could a relationship possibly look like after I've experienced betrayal and how can I trust again? You know, what does that look like in my life? Yeah. And I'm really curious about how you navigated the ability to trust again after the deep pain and sorrow of, of your betrayal. Um, I think for me, it's been an interesting healing journey in itself, trusting again. But for me, I was like, there was a point where I was like, you know what? I didn't do this mm-hmm. regardless of who I am. Like he was being crazy and I didn't go out and sleep with anybody or cheat on anybody. Like I have this gift that I was given to giving to him every day without any questions asked. I was always loyal and I always showed up and I wanted to be his wife and I wanted to take care of him. And it, he's the one that didn't see that or cherish that or honor that. Mm-hmm. And And the first time I got remarried, I was all in, like, I, I, there were times when I would get some anxiety about things. And, but for the most part, like I was, I was proud of myself that I could open up again because you do, you, you start to fill those walls. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I I had prayed really hard the night that Emmett died for this do-over, like just bring him back. Let me have this mm-hmm. do-over. And that's kind of what my second marriage ended up being for me. It was this gift of a similar scenario. And I was like, I'm all, I would have fought Emmett. I would have sat right here. I would have said, we got this. We're going to figure this mm-hmm. out. We're going to stand side by side. And then I felt like God asked me to be a different kind of brave. He was like, you know what? You didn't deserve this the first time. And you sure as heck don't deserve this time. Mm-hmm. And I want you to go. I want you to show yourself that you're enough to walk away from this. And I was like, but wait, no. Remember when, when we talked about this, when this was happening, I was going to stay, I was going to fight. And I don't know, it gave me a whole new perspective of what brave can look like. Because if we have God on our side, if we are really prayerful and, and really ask, how do I make this work? 
he's going to lead us on all sorts of different brave paths. And I never Mm -hmm. thought brave would be walk away and know that you're worth more. Mm -hmm. So it gave me a different form of healing, I guess. Um, And with that, I know that you're worth more. If we can remember the worth that God sees in us, just like people that hate you online or people that are mean to you on the streets, a spouse that decides to not see your worth is the one that is losing, the one that is missing out because you're worth it. You have value. And someone will see that. I'm in a marriage right now that I've never felt more like equally yoked, I guess the word is just he mm. spiritually and physically and mentally wants to be my partner and wants to see me and allows me to fully see him, you know, and it's, I don't, I just, I don't know. There's just something that snapped inside of me that was like, I, I really have this gift and it never went away. It didn't go away when Emmett died. It didn't go away when Emmett, I found out that he was cheating on me mm-hmm. and it didn't go away when a, when a second husband showed me the same scenario, it just is inside of me. I have the gift to love and I'm worthy of being loved. And I, I just, I want that in life. Thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, sometimes the choice is to walk away, right? Sometimes the choice is to stay different for everyone, but, you know, thinking about if you would have chose not to, you wouldn't have known what's on the other side. Absolutely. And they're both scary, Mm -hmm. right? Staying and going, what if this happens again? Every single day can be super scary and hard and, and really take a toll on, on your worth. If you allow your worth to come from that other person and leaving can be the same. It's a different kind of scary and a different kind of brave. It really is. I love it. Do you find that you were able to access more and more of that strength over time as you did your work and as you just leaned into who you really were and the strength that you had internally? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I too have done like a little, a lot of visualizing, mm-hmm. which takes a lot of slowing down, which is really hard to do when you're in the fog. But if you can slow yourself down and say, you know what, even if you have to do it on the toilet, I don't care where you do it, mm-hmm. find a quiet space. Even if it's not that quiet, put your, put your earbuds in, turn on some music without words and really like picture yourself disconnecting from everything around you and connecting straight up to your creator, whoever you believe that is mm-hmm. and straight to the earth, like this, this perfect line straight from top of your head and the bottom of your feet. Cause if I I've always felt like if I can be connected to my God, and to the earth where we have to live and we have to have our mission and mm-hmm. purpose. And we, we disconnect from everything else, including your spouse, because obviously they can have power not to help you keep connected, including your children. Like, I'm not saying disconnect always just in the moment. And like, where does God want me in my mm-hmm. mission and my purpose? And it's amazing the inspiration you can get when you're disconnected from what you fear other people think of you Mm -hmm. or what you're worried Mm -hmm. they're going to think on your actions Mm -hmm. and just really center in on, on like heavenly father, please show me my truth. Show me what Mm -hmm. my mission looks like. If I were to be able to do it without anybody else's voice in the back of my head. Thank you. I love that because, um, You know, one thing I'm really, really passionate about is helping women to just 
aspire to where they want to be, right? And to believe that they're worth it. It's difficult because there's so many messages, whether you've gone through betrayal or not, that you're not enough, right? And so it, it seems that we are very bombarded with the cultural, societal, a lot of, a lot of messages uh, about perfectionism, shame that we, we face daily, right? Um, but I love this idea of slowing down and the art of stillness really speaks to me because when we're able to slow down, we can set aside the other things, right? Tap in more to the authentic self, who we really are, right? And so that's, that's inspiring to me because it seems that it gives us a path to back to home, really back to who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, one of my favorite quotes is from Edith Eva Eager. She says, our painful experiences aren't a liability. They're a gift. They give us perspective, meaning, and an opportunity to find our unique purpose and strength. And she's, she wrote the book, um, The Choice, Embrace the Possibilities, and she's an Auschwitz survivor. Um, I, I was deeply moved by her story. But um, after Auschwitz, she went on to become a psychologist and did some tremendous work. But it's interesting how we can remember who we are, and this can be a powerful tool in healing, right? How we can rediscover ourselves and make sense of life after betrayal. Um, I'm curious about how connection served you, connection to other women and the people around you and how that was helpful in healing. Yeah, I think, at least for me, connection can be really helpful and it can be really hurtful because sometimes we connect when, when we're in, in a, in the different phases of this whole thing, sometimes connection can be distracting because you're going, well, what did you do? What did you do? Tell me your story. Tell me your story. And you're taking in all Mm -hmm. of this information, which can get really noisy in your head. Mm -hmm. So this person thinks I should do this. And they did this when this happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we have to be really careful with what connections we're making just so like, if my mom tells me I should divorce them and this person says they stayed and and fought for their marriage and blah, blah, blah. You get all these beliefs of what you think other people think you should do. And so, yeah, with connection, I think you have to be really careful, especially at the beginning, like the greatest connection you can have is to prayer or to meditation Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that gets you your inspiration on your journey and your story. Mm And then after that connections, like once you've established what your journey is supposed to look like connections can be really powerful because then together you can build strength with each other and go here, here's you on your path and here's you on your path. And this is what we can do to help each other. And when we hear those stories Mm -hmm. of like, I decided someone decided to move on and remarry and look how happy they are. Okay. That's something I want. Maybe it's possible. You know, those kind of Mm -hmm. things. In the big decision times, I think you have to be really careful with how many connections you have. Right. And even after that, like, I don't know, it just seems like sometimes our connections can be a little toxic. So just True. really make connections that bring light into your life. Make yeah, connections that. that help you find your joy. Right. And so maybe a good way of gauging that is if it's someone who's helping you to move forward and upward and where you want to be, right? Yeah. Or versus feeling dragged down and. Yep. Yeah. 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 When you have conversations with this connection, 
do you leave going, man, I'm kind of a piece of crap. I should have done this. I should do this. Or do you leave going, man, I feel good about me. And I just help them feel good about them. And together we can, we can keep like inspiring and pushing each other to be the best version of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so one of the things I've been thinking about is the hope that comes in healing, right? To me, there's two paths. One, there's like this happened to me and there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm a victim. And that seems to be a very trapped path to walk down, right? Because it takes away our choices and our ability to rise. And I love this idea of women rising from uh, difficulties, like being able to stand up and move forward with our lives. On the other side, there's a message of hope, meaning this happened to me. And what are my choices? What can I do about it? It's kind of tied into what Edith Eva Eager says is these experiences, although they don't feel like a gift when we're going through them, they actually help to strengthen us and define us and really help us to um, embrace our bravery and our story. Right. Right. So um, I am curious about um, how, what message you might have for our listeners to hold on to that hope. Um, what, what, what things would you say might be helpful when you're stuck in that, like, oh, like this happened to me and I'm trying to make sense of it. And on the other side, like there's gotta be more of it, what I'm experiencing right now. Um, I think like what you were saying, looking at each thing as, is this really a blessing or is this a curse mm-hmm. is, is finding out about this affair or whatever you're going through. Is this a blessing or a curse? Because here's other scenarios. Like if you kind of fact check your brain, here's Mm -hmm. other scenarios. I don't find out about this affair and I go on for 40 more years. And then all of a sudden this life, like I find out about everything that my life was. Mm -hmm. And I'm now at the age where I'm way past what, what I would be able to start over, you know? So there's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot of fact checking is helpful in those scenarios is this a blessing or a curse? Is it, is am I, am I being blessed to go down a new path? Which the answer is yes. Because right. if you're going down a new path, there's right. a reason that you're there. And yes, it feels so vulnerable and it feels so scary and lack of control. And maybe you had no choice in this whole thing. And your mm-hmm. spouse just said, Hey, I did this and I'm gone. And that feels really scary, but it's a blessing because you're there right? If we start Mm -hmm. looking at, okay, if I'm here right now, if I, so me, myself personally, if I'm a divorced widow with five kids who just got remarried and had two more babies, if this is where I'm supposed to be, obviously it is because Mm -hmm. that's where I am. If I spend my whole time looking back and going, what the freak and just keep turning around and am I really showing up for myself, for my spouse, for my Mm -hmm. children, for anybody else that crosses my path? Or am I just stuck still in the pain of what was, which obviously, so, um, I guess my advice would be wherever you are is where you're meant to be. Yeah. And breathe that in. Let's breathe that. And just like breathe it in and let it go. (sighs) Wherever you are is where you're meant to be because God doesn't really make mistakes. And I know it feels sometimes Like there's not going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. I remember those days so well. 
And I, I've had days like recently where it's just like, oh my gosh, okay, this is a new one. And here we are. But there always is, there's always a resolve. And that's why we're here to get stronger through those resolves and to get stronger and realize the blessings that we've been given and the new opportunities that come from those blessings. I love that. Um, And it sounds like gratitude on some level was pretty powerful for you as well as you grappled with that, right? I'm wondering if noticing the little things was something that was helpful for you when the big things seemed to be falling apart, if you were able Absolutely. to tap into that. Yeah, totally. And just really turning your intentions to what you want in life. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you constantly are like, well, my kids are this and my, you know, it's easy to complain. It's super easy, but what's not easy is to be grateful for what we have mm-hmm. to see the abundance in any, in any way that could be, mm-hmm. Like anybody on earth Mm -hmm. might go, wow, I wish I had your life. And you're going, oh, wow, I wish I had yours. Um, But to really live in the moment and, and embrace who we are and what we have and what we've been given, I think like just sets us on a path of positivity and kind of like cues God or the universe or whatever, that you're ready for more of that. You're more right for, to, to love more things. Yep. I mean, I've got seven kids, so obviously yeah. I love being a mom. I just keep like, <laughs> right. yeah, I'll take more. <laughs> sure. This is one thing I really can say I've always loved. Um, but yeah, just knowing that if you are putting out good and you're putting out light, that more of that will come to you. Come back to you. I love that. And isn't it true right now I'm taking a mindfulness based stress reduction course to become a teacher. And so it's a lot of like meditation. It's a lot of stillness. And it's amazing to me, actually, when we slow down, like the little things that really matter, right? When we slow down to see what's really happening around us, like the smile on my girl's faces, right? Or, you know, just going outside for a walk and noticing everything around, you know, it's, it's really beautiful when we take that time to just pause from the distractions, from the to-do list and just oh, yeah. sit and with ourselves really. And with God, right. Right. So. Well, and they say that anxiety is living in the past, like fearing what was or fearing what's going to be the future. And so as you slow down and look around you, like you start to notice things because the, that's what the fog is the pain of what Mm -hmm. happened or the fear of it happening again or something bad happening is the fog is the anxiety, but just going, what do I have right here? Look at these amazing children or whatever you have in your, in your view and actually seeing it sometimes for the first time in a very long time, you don't think about the past or the future in that moment. If you're present with what you're doing. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I know it's going to have a positive impact on a lot of listeners. So thank you so much. And I'm inspired yeah. by, by your story. It's, it's incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, if people want to read your blog, um, we'll go ahead and include that in the show notes and That's all great. of that. Yeah. And you have two books out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. And are those uh, available on Amazon or? Yes, on Amazon. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you so much.
You are welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to the Heart and Soul Wellness Podcast with your host, Sarah Carter. Make sure to like and subscribe. And if you have any thoughts about what we talked about today, leave a comment. Also, you can find us at heartandsoulwellness.org and on Facebook and Instagram. Join us again as we continue to help women heal, connect, and aspire to their true and authentic selves.